Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back. You heard it. The Sports Reporters, who have indeed reassembled one of my favorite parts of each and every week. The Sports Reporters getting back together to talk. Let me check my notes here. Uh, objectively sports? Uh, potentially sports? Ostensibly sports? I think that's what we talk about on this very program some, from time to time before uh, some movie talk jumps in here. Uh, inevitably, uh, here with me, Andrew Hammond of AL.com, the sports editor over there. Subscribe to the AL.com today if you have not already done so. Andrew, good morning sir how are you i am yeah week before the iron bowl week before thanksgiving like you, you, every week in college football and every week you know in the sec you're just like oh exciting week you know there's some there's some intrigue and this week is just like don't tell me about the labor just show me the baby we were we're in the trailer we're like in the last two trailers of an anticipated uh double feature or something mm-hmm. like that so you're just kind of like fine whatever you're ready for <laughs> the I'm iron good. bowl i'm well, see love indubitably just give me the meat it's it's Iron Bowl and it is trying to figure out the playoff because the way the season has kind of shifted, maybe we'll talk about this, but the way the season has kind of shifted, the business end of everything is happening a little bit today, but really over the next two weeks. Yeah, but hey, it is uh, going to be a good college football Saturday where hopefully the Tennessee Volunteers when I am in the building. Uh, after the good, the good folks will hear this after uh, the result here. So uh, hopefully uh, it will be a happy one for myself. Um, also here, Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast, where his Knicks might be good. I don't know. They're okay. They might be rebounding a little bit. They're getting a little bit better. Uh, playing the, the second Wizards. best rebounding team in basketball. What That's what you want to be. Bit? You always want to be the best rebounding team in basketball in 2023. That's Their always a good sign. Their entirely built around the fact that they can't hit a two-pointer, but Mitch Robinson is averaging six offensive rebounds a game. That's their offense. It works. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Okay. I like those guys. They, they got some guys. They got guys I like. They're fun. They 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 play a hard-nosed style of basketball. It They have a limited ceiling with this particular roster. But I like all these guys. I even like White Dante. Okay. White. That's um, his nickname. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't it, make it up. Oh, White Dante? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves White Dante. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like just White funny. Dante. It's a little redundant. It's like we know Dante's white. He is white. Like we, we, we but, know. I mean, how many, how many white people named Dante do you know? They're... Yeah. I mean, there aren't there a lot, lot that I know well, personally. Bingo! Thank you. <laughs> it's like it's like famed uh, Detroit uh, drug, teen drug dealer, white boy Rick. Oh, yeah, that is true. Um, Have you seen that movie? By the way, 
No, I saw the documentary. I never saw the actual. I didn't see the. It, the yeah, like both of them are just like, man, things got rough. <laughs> it really did. For as for exposing the institutionalized corruption of both the police department and the narco, the illegal narcotics industry, White Boy Rick is a solid documentary for that because yes, the sixteen-year-old kid, white kid in Detroit, was not a crime lord. But everyone decided it would be fun if he were. Yeah, <laughs> that's he, actually he the best way. To, that's actually the best way to, to to describe both the documentary and the movie. It's like yeah. they were just like, "Hey, so we can't bring this whole thing down because of reasons." So, hey, um, you, yeah, that deal that we were going to get for you. Uh, hey, okay, instead of. Can't, Instead of stopping an illegal drug trade, which really no one's been able to do outside of legalizing stuff throughout all of human history, unless you enact the most draconian system of law enforcement imaginable. So instead, we have our choices, draconian law enforcement, failing to stop a profitable and illegal business, or let's just pretend this teenage white kid is actually at the heart of the whole thing and arrest him. So they chose C. That's pretty much the premise of it. They movie. they decided to uh they they decided to take the two passenger lane. Um yeah. and they were just like, "Hey, somebody's got to be in the wreckage, brother." Yeah, they were like, "Look, we don't we can't carpool right now, but here's white boy Rick." So, yeah. we're just going to prop him up. Yeah. Literally. It's, it's a fun, yeah, it's a it, it the the it's as a narrative nonfiction documentary. It's outstanding. I haven't seen the movie. It apparently starred some dude who wasn't Emil Hirsch. So I yeah, didn't say it. it's Isn't actually it McConaughey? pretty decent. Yeah, McConaughey plays his dad. Okay. Um. Yeah, and like literally, like he's just kind of like, "Hey, I'm controlling this thing. I'm running point," and all of a sudden. He gets caught with a flagrant foul, and all of a sudden they go to the replay. Hey, you were in the area, so uh, two texts. Bye. Mm. Has Matthew McConaughey ever played a college sports coach other than sad Marshall coach? Um, I feel like he was in another college athletics mm. movie, and the only one I, the the only one I can think of is We Are Marshall. But I feel like there was another one. I think I'm maybe was. thinking of Josh Lucas though. Josh Lucas was also when We Are Marshall, though. Right, um, but he was in the movie but, about about the about UTEP winning. No, that oh yeah, Josh Lucas. I'm thinking Matthew Fox. Um, yes, there there are yeah. a lot of guys like that. God, Josh Lucas doesn't just, work anymore. This is he what dudes do commercial. when they get together on a podcast. They just start oh, naming dudes. They were, they're just they're, like McConaughey they Depot God. commercials. Like <laughs> yeah. my dude is cashing those home. Oh my God, he's my making. God. Bank talking about Home Depot. That talking about some Ryobi paint. Hell yeah, Josh Lucas. Yeah. Get that money, my guy. I don't even think I know who Josh Lucas is. Oh, yes, oh, I Jesus. do know Josh Lucas. Yeah. Josh Lucas was in all the romantic lead in Sweet Home Alabama yes. for, Great for movie. the non-male portion of our audience. Hold and on. For, for, that's for everybody. Sweet Home Alabama is for everybody. Okay, fine. Uh, Have you seen Sweet Home Alabama? Josh oh, Lucas yeah. plays vaguely handsome and slightly oily guy, and he's sort of a sort of a, a 2000s 2010 James Spader. Um, I was see, I was gonna go. He he kind of like he's one of those people like um, Glenn. I like Powell. him. He's a fun actor. He is. He is. He is I, I, and, and I'm going with the con, with the NBA comp here. He's sure. like if you put Glenn Powell in the early 2000s mm, kind of yes. like a right because in the a, early 2000s he was Woody. not required to get as swole as glenn powell is now yeah but it's it, it's like if you would put darius miles like five years later yeah. if you put glenn powell maybe 10 years back yeah and you, you, it's it's a good. His cost, teeth would though. have been a little worse. He would have taken fewer steroids to get jacked. Exactly. I don't think he took steroids to get jacked. I think that was all natural because he's had to do some movies. He's had to do some movies where he's got to be moderately jacked, dude. Okay. Um, Fun fact: 
Wyatt yes. Russell has played a professional athlete in every in all the four major pro sports. Major Who's sports. Wyatt? Oh, Wyatt Russell Kurt. Wyatt Kurt Russell. Speaking kids. of mid-level actor guys. Hey, Kurt hey, Russell's hey! Kids. You you leave you leave uh, Captain America Junior alone, dude. Beloved nepo baby Wyatt Russell. Oh man, there's so many nepo babies. Like you just don't even wait, realize wait, what, it, wait, and what, they just what pop hockey in. movie did Wyatt Russell play in? Goon Two. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen Goon Two. It's um, it's quite. I know good. he. I know he played. Goon Juniors. One was good though. Goon One is outstanding. Goon, Goon Two is. It's it's hard to make a good hockey movie, but Goon. We've discussed like, how good Goon is and how brilliant Sean William Scott is in that movie. We've talked about this in the pod before. Yes. But anyway, I didn't Wyatt realize Russell uh, Wyatt Russell was a Nepo baby. Yeah, he looks yeah. just like his father. He really looks does. like his, it's gold it hair. looks like it's his father in the thing. Is what oh my god! Like. I was just gonna say that. Like, yeah. if you put if you put like the little uh, fake deep face on there, and you yeah. put Wyatt's face on Kurt, it would be like he looks oh, like McGreedy. Good. He looks exactly like McGreedy. I, you know what? It, that's an underrated Christmas movie. I will call it's it. It's a great movie. I love that movie so much. It's outstanding. It's so good. Did y'all see A Wonderful Knife uh, that came out? The Christmas ho- slasher that just came out. No, I, I have to see that after Thanksgiving. Oh, oh we're seeing that tomorrow say, yeah, morning. Thanks. I can't wait for Thanksgiving. Ham and I are seeing. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but Patrick Dempsey in a in a slasher movie about Thanksgiving. And... It's going to be so much fun, Andrew. Don't oh, overthink no, it. It's going to be I'm bad. Not, I'm not going to. No. No, I can't do it. I love Eli Roth, but my dude. Um, no. I'm in. Also, no. Justin Long plays the villain in A, a Wonderful uh, Knife. And this dude is con- like consistently like, like he was in Boogeyman and was the the big creep in that one. The guy he's is in, like really pivoted. You mean Jeepers whole... Creepers is what you're thinking? No, he was in the Boogeyman. Oh, he's in Boogeyman. With, uh, Boogeyman. But he was also in uh, Ghostbusters. Not yeah, Ghostbusters. he's really. Pivoted. I did not. Was the new Ghost? Was the new Ghostbuster any good? I didn't see. Never it. saw. It, it. was decent. To. Here's the thing. It's a fan service movie. Can mm. I can I talk a little bit about the Ghostbusters thing? Because I only <laughs> yeah, saw the trailer ahead, for the new ahead, one. Okay, ahead, here's the ahead. problem. <laughs> Ghostbusters, to me, mm-hmm. is a movie, a, a wacky movie about yes. Dan Aykroyd being filleted by a spirit yeah. from beyond. Yeah, watching that as a kid and then realizing <laughs> what happened. Yeah. I, yeah. It's 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 really one of the seminal 80s cinema movies because it, the, the villain is the EPA. Yeah. The villain is the Environmental Protection Agency trying to stop these guys from running what apparently is so a are you toxic saying nuclear that, reactor. So, so are you in, saying that the Ghostbusters and Harold Ramis were were essentially yes yeah they were reaganized this was a tool of the reagan administration yes it is reaganomics was bolstered by ghostbusters but so i watched i love this joe rogan podcast for the the second ghostbuster sequel and i'm sitting there like why are you treating this material like it is a sacred text i again protection baby i get that but it's treated with such dramatic, reverence. overwhelming reverence. reverence. And this is serious. <laughs> these are these are ancient scrolls that must be parsed in order to understand the mythology of the. Go- I'm like, I'm like, it's about Dan Aykroyd doing his O face. Okay, it's yeah, not that serious. If you want to reboot it, if you want to reboot it, because it's your precious, precious intellectual property, go because... for it. I just, I'm confused by the tone. Andrew, because as Jason someone who Reitman, saw the reboot, yeah, because it's daddy's Jason, movie. Because yeah. Jason Reitman saw the all-female Ghostbusters thing and basically kind of had an insult. It, it Which was, was fine. fine. And here's it the thing. It was fine. It's it was just going to be a standalone. But Jason Reitman got became an incel for like two hours and was just like, I don't like this. I'm going to he, he it's like he went to a rap battle. Somebody dissed him. and He just went home and, you know, got a big gulp from 7-Eleven. It was just right. like bars. Like, all I saw that trailer. I was like, why is why do they feel like we're making uh, Casablanca 2 here? And why are all the Strangers Things kids here? And what is Paul Rudd doing? He's got enough money. Come on. 
IP protection, baby. Also, can um Stranger Things like- season five? I'm ready. Okay, I, g- okay. get the kids Never out of the freaking ghost. Never got into it. Never really appealed to me. It's fine. It's, it's a fine. fine. It's but- fine. It gets a little. It, it gets very uh, self gratified with its ability to. Well, the wife and I finished. Uh, I was going to say finished Homelander. We finished uh, the boys. Oh, please tell me. Please tell me your thoughts on Hero Gasm. Because I you texted it... us. You texted us in the group chat. Yeah. But you never really actually gave your thoughts. And my God, you saw some things. I mean, it was. It was something. It was. Uh, Sam and I were not. We were waiting for like just the mass murder in this situation where. You were like, oh, Homelander's about to do... Because, like, the Homelander whole season was just Homelander doing the Ron DeSantis twitches and everything else where I'm like, oh... No, he's, he's... Being, he's being Trump. He's being Trump. It's very clear oh. that he's doing... He's being Trump. He is being Trump the whole time. But the, the, the thing for me is, what was so brilliant about the boys to me is... The is still the brilliant. Entire, it's not over yet because we get one more year, right? series... Yeah, I think at least one more. The entire mm. series makes it clear to you that when you become a superhero fanboy, you're supporting fascism. Mm. And it's like, don't get lured in by this. Don't get suckered in by this. Look at what deranged weirdos and sociopaths all these people are. Do not fall for this. And then the moment there's the fight between Butcher and Homelander and 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 yeah. and and yeah. Uh, Dennis and Dennis Quaid's kid, Nepo baby kid. I'm like, <laughs> Jack, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it, it. it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's my god. Um, I was, it's I know it's it, so that's good. Really, the, the, the whole thing is like wagging the finger, like don't get sucked in by this, don't get sucked in by this. It's evil. You cannot like this. And, and, it, then and when it does. The, the three way happens there. I'm like, yes. and we're holding UET. I'm off. I'm like, I fell for it. They did it to me. That to me is yeah. It's this this next season. I think it's it's this season coming up, and I think they're doing like one more because mm-hmm. um, I think that they're actually now. Shout out to Marvel because you can learn some things here. They're actually going along with the comic book and not veering off into five million different directions. Well, I never read the comic book, but from what I've learned on the internet. The, the the thing the show did is take out some of the more questionable and eyebrow cringeworthy parts of the comic and <laughs> and sort of streamlined the narrative experience. Um, that the comic goes to some. They were like, Amazon was like, "Hey, um, so this is we really great. don't want to love it. Take, we don't want to have to take anything out, but hey, we're just gonna cross this off, cross this off." The big the big bad for this season is uh is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Everyone happy now? Happy? Good. Let's roll. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Which is because, brilliant. Which well, is and, awesome. And, and this is nothing against AOC. This is about, but it's kind of like. If you kind of see like how she first came in and kind of where she's at now, if it's... you put your if you give yourself over to fanboying any politician, you will get keistered, yes. I think is the term yes. I'm looking for. And, Don't do that. And the but what I'm excited about this season is they are talking about like, oh, you know, because they things have exploded, like appendages have exploded and have been enlarged before. But then they were just like, oh, yeah, that's compared to nothing what we have for this season. I'm just like, oh, also, God. by the way, uh, rest of the Chase Thomas podcast fans uh, don't listen to this. Claudia Domit, who plays uh, the big bad. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Hi. What up? Hi. Whatever. This has been well, the mean, boys I mean, reporters I can't, I can't, with Andrew Hammond. I can't, and I can't, I can't really say anything because, well, the lady might be watching. So, yeah, she's all right. <laughs> Love you, boo. Yeah, I was talking to the GF, not not her. I, I love how this has just completely fallen off the it's rails. It's the boys reporters. Please change yes. the title accordingly. It is the boys. So you know, what the, happened you, you know they used to have the Murrow boys or the boys yeah. reporters. There we yeah. go. There you this go. It's been boys talk. Um, it's not weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not a problem. Boy. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> we. What? What? <laughs> Hey, Bob, where were you at on January 6th? I just want to know. 
I was just sitting at home <laughs> watching the boys. Okay. Go um, on, Chase. You can check my hard drive. Oh, I'm my God. Um, Bobby, your yeah, biggest NBA surprise at this point in the year is what? I, I, I think it's Imeadoka's Houston Rockets. Mm. It, I, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on this sports and not the boys podcast talking about NBA height truthering. Mm-hmm. But I watched uh, some some chunks of the Rockets Clippers game last, like like an incredibly cool and normal person does on a Friday. And yep. Alpern Sengun has actually grown two inches. That man is two inches taller, and mm. he's he's doing a reasonable baby Jokic imitation. And they're running he's, the he's offense good. through him. He's really good. There was an, a, a very good Michael Pena feature on Sengun in the Ringer, I think, yesterday. Uh, which you should all check out. And he he's an excellent cerebral player. He's not as big as Jokic. He's not going to have his preternatural vision, of course, but he does a You can really use him as like a pistol, in the same way that the Kings use Sabonis, as a pistol five or run the offense with him through the low post. Uh, the, the Rockets, it, how good the Rockets are is going to depend on a lot more on the development of the other three youngins on Eamon Thompson and Javari Smith. And um, Amy Thompson, Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, and Jalen Green. Uh, but they're all looking better. They brought in some grown ups to teach them how to. Noted grown ups, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Noted grown ups, Dylan Brooks, and, and Uncle Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. And Fred Van Vliet is who the I'm The fact that you Fred put Van Dylan Vliet. Brooks there oh, yeah, as a grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I meant Van Vliet and Jeff Green, but yeah, sure. Dylan Brooks is having a solid year so far and hasn't committed any felonies, so hooray. Uh, They're a smart, well-coached team. They've got long athletes all over the place. They're fun to watch. Uh, You're Houston Rockets, ladies and gentlemen, after three years of uh, being very bad. Wilderness. Well, they're also... What's interesting, too, about them is they're third in defense right out of the gate. And we thought that they didn't have the personnel to play defense like this defense the last couple of years. They don't have a rim protector, but the yeah. same way that Denver is able to function a top 10, craft a top 10 defense around Jokic, who also can't jump over the phone book. Yeah, you can do it with Sangoon and a lot of athletes. And they've got yeah. that. And Fred Van Vliet has always been he's not at the peak that he was when the Raptors won the title, but he's a stout well, he doesn't really have to be on this he's team. He's a fire plug. He's a you know little fire hydrant. He's tough to dislodge. Well, it's always so, cool when teams like the Rockets break through, and they had won six straight before they lost in the James Harden game winner last night um, against the Clippers. But look, the top of the West is just a bloodbath for a lot of the teams. Weird that we've teams. Been used to. Yeah, Andrew, like you, you want to do you want to tackle the the surprising Minnesota Timberwolves next? Um, you know, so it's them. In, in in every it feels like every three or four years there's a young team that or the relatively young team that comes along where it's like you get young talent young talent or, or you just get young guy after young guy and all of a sudden I think we saw it with Sacramento last year but all of the sudden it just clicks and you really don't know who it's gonna be. Like, I mm. feel like we all assume the Pistons are going to have that um, eventually. And we're all just kind of like just waiting the, by the bus stop. The, it's the, weird. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah like, the paint is then, packed. Is, is that like Kate Cunningham could be good, but you can't surround him with three non shooters and, and, and let him create. I'm still trying to, like, and and I get Monty Williams is a new guy, and they're they're, does he they're hate, trying to figure does he things hate out. Jaden Ivey? Does he have Jaden Ivey have pictures of weird. him somewhere? It's weird. Because... I mean, we all love the Alec Burks experience, but Jaden Ivey's been having. He can't get on the court. What's up? Well, it's clear it's like Monty sending a message. That is a clear yeah, yeah, old school coach he, sending a message. There must it, be something there. It's it, he's sending a message. He wants to. You know, look, Killian Hayes, I, I think Killian Hayes is a solid basketball player. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that it's one of those where it's like, if you just splice up this part, this part, uh, take a big chunk out, maybe slide this part in, then you're good. Mm-hmm. But 
seeing the the whole experience, it's it's not great. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of like we see it. I don't know what people in Detroit are seeing, and we're all kind of waiting on Detroit. But yeah, no, Minnesota is a fun surprise. The one that I'm interested in, and I know they won last night, but this this Clippers team is fascinating to me because it mm. has all of the potential of Western Conference Finals run. I think we can all, you know, have have some type, okay, deep run, maybe Western Conference Finals, something like that. But then it's also just like, yeah, but we all know that this thing can just go completely off the rails at it any minute. It is going off the rails. I don't think it's working. Well, really Harden back in the starting lineup, but Westbrook to the bench. I don't know. The thing yeah. with the Clippers, though, that they're kind of screwed now, there's no one else to trade. The depth is gone. You're no. having to sign Daniel Tice in the buyout market now. Like, you're out of bodies. Like, everyone's been moved. This is it. This is your team. Like, there's no other just, well, like, we move this guy and we'll get this guy. Like, it's you over. Bring this in is your James group. Harden, and I get why you bring in James Harden, but it's also just like, did you really need James Harden? No, they did if they wanted to. If this worked, look, the super team of 2017, if it is going to work, would require James Harden to have a better year than he had in Philly, which is possible, would require Kawhi and Paul George to stay healthier than they've been in recent years, which is possible. It would require Russell Westbrook to take a back seat, which he's apparently willing to do. Um, and maybe one jump in development from someone in the Trey Man, uh, Byron Boston, uh, you know, uh, Amir Coffey, who I've weirdly always liked, range of youngins. Same, same. Yeah. Uh, and... So far, none of that is happening, and they have to work together. And Tyler, it's hard to do that when that's not my turn, your turn, and none of it is happening. And I think it's gonna they're gonna be like a five hundred team and get bounced. Yeah. Well, here's a good here's a good question for you: Clippers, Warriors, Suns. Who is the most likely not to make the plan of that three? Because at least one of them is not making the plan. Uh, the the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't as feel... long as as long as Steph Curry is upright, the the world. That's seen, not a guarantee though anymore. I here's but here's the thing. I've seen what I think the Suns are. You know, uh, yep. I think the Suns are decent. I look at the Clippers and I'm just kind of like, you're gonna you're gonna pull together a five or six game winning streak in like February or March. There's gonna be a hint of belief. And then all of a sudden, you're you you there's a, there's going to be like a multi game gap that puts you from like seven or eight, and if you win this stretch of games or whatever, you jump into maybe the top four or five. But then they're going to lose like three out of four. They're going to slide to the ten spot. People are going to be unhappy, and at the most critical point, things are just going to fall apart. Like I, it feels like they're just holding on to stem the or to hold off the complete meltdown and i don't trust it at this point in the season um yeah because kd did you see did you see friday night he had a very he had that a was just that was fun i it's i don't think <laughs> we spend enough time realizing that he came back from a an Achilles that turned into crab meat, and like, like he he tore that. Yeah, we all watched it snap like a rubber band on TV and go sprung. And he's back to being himself. That's not normal. That is not normal. He's he's and just, I just and I, and I look at the Warriors and I they are one of those teams that when it comes like. I, what would I you, saw would you, in you the know Sacramento what my first series last Zach year? Levine trade is, by the way. Oh, it's Clay Thompson and a first for Zach oh. Levine. No, you can't do that. You're the Warriors. Why? You have to ride it out into the sun. Why? With these three, Why? you have to. Why? It's the best era of Warriors okay, basketball. They'll mean, be the best. I ever. would think about it. I, I, I'm not saying that I would pull the trigger, but I would look at it like, fine. Hey, it's hey, Chris I'm Paul not hitting. And, Chris I'm not Paul hitting Kaminga for him. For I'm Zach not Levine. hitting. Oh, I would consider that. 
I'm not hitting R2 on the uh, on the controller. I'm I'm contemplating it. Yeah, I don't know. I That's don't the know best bit that Chris I can find. Paul, wait, wait, what was the other one? It's Chris Paul and Kaminga. I think I'm, the words I'm not gonna are lie. the most I call really me crazy, that but first. that's like I really want that want, first like, though. Do you want Zach Levine jacking up threes for the Orlando Magic? Maybe that's a that's a decent fit. He there's Philly's not going to trade for him. The Knicks are not. Uh, he wants the, the I Lakers, think the Lakers were the on Lakers his list, might, but it's also just like the Lakers the, also the, get mentioned. I really don't think. Yeah. I don't know what the Lakers have. I mean, I, well, it'd be D'Angelo Russell and probably Rui would be the trade. And I just don't yeah, know. That's, Not much of a return there, guys. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. have the pick and Clay Thompson's expiring contract. Or I'd rather have Chris Paul's expiring contract and coming. Mm. If I, I don't know. Chicago. I think the Warriors might be cooked. Also, sidebar question. on the dollar for, for Zach Levine. It's going to be. They're gonna feel sad that they didn't. Can we do just it talk about how Chicago, time. like the, the they created this window for for themselves, and all of a sudden somebody because, just decided to put a like because a they believed that be, when they went whatever it was twenty five and ten or twenty six and twelve um, with with Lonzo Ball healthy that they had something real, and they were wrong about that. They were. I wrong. mean, I think that's an okay to thing to be wrong about because they were the number one seed in the East. Like, hey, it's been hard. I feel like, like that was the hot stretch. They put a lot of faith in a hot stretch, and I feel yeah. that even if Lonzo Ball hadn't gotten hurt, it's still Lonzo Ball, man. It's not that big a deal. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, boy, when I watch it, like. Uh, uh, Jason Platt, Pratt and um, Ricky O'Donnell and Torque Penderloin and some of your other friends, uh, uh, Pete Gaines, Bulls Twitter, let's call these people. Um, boy, that's some bleak stuff that they that they that they post. Getting into Bulls Twitter is a very dark place these days. Um, it is. Uh, do you think the Draymond Green situation was the five games? Hilarious. Enough? hilarious it was, it was hilarious but also it's five enough or I, it was fine okay he did choke him i just he choked a very large <laughs> i'm man. sorry but that was a like it you know when let you me watch say this hockey, oh, watching watching steve kerr you know respected well-read thoughtful individual could have succeeded in any number of industries if he had you know skipped out on basketball Mm-hmm. clearly a bright insightful man realized that a good chunk of his professional life has been devoted to making up absolute nonsense <laughs> to defend Draymond Green I wonder how much he thinks about that I wonder what his diary is about like Draymond done it again Draymond done did it again because he just knows his value where he's like I just have to go again he does that's his Mm. job Draymond Green is an incredibly valuable unique basketball player and in order to enlist his services you have to come up with the most ridiculous nonsense he Draymond Green is a wonderful 1990s NHL enforcer that you put on your top two lines he's Bob Probert man he really, I mean, it is tremendous. And like he's Chris you know, Nyland. He, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's probably the best like comparison because my, my favorite thing Although about Bob that Probert is it's actually good. Yeah. Well, no, well, hey, hey, Nyland was solid. But you know, here's I mean, my favorite put, thing put, about the whole put the biscuit in the basket, as Keith Olbermann said 25 years ago. Um no, my favorite part about the whole fight was Draymond, like, okay, Rudy and Draymond, they had the thing off the rebound. That's fine. That happens. But you could just tell, and that, that's what, this is why I compare Draymond to an NHL enforcer. Because you know how NHL enforcers and, and guys who get in fights, if there's something that happens like, you know, maybe a shift or two in the yeah, past yeah. or happened in a past period or whatever, or maybe even like a few it's games back, they just remember guy. stuff. Yeah. And the fact that I don't know what happened between he and Rudy before. I, I tried is, to like look back, he, but he was he just like for a long time. There he was just like he, he was just really like Rudy and vice versa. And it was just like you know what? It's time to settle this. It's time to stop talking. He threw the gloves down and just decided to go after. Him. And you know what? Sometimes Draymond kind of annoys me. I 
Good on you, Draymond. Good on you, bud. <laughs> oh, wow. Look, Good the, on man, you. the man likes to punch people in the gonads. What? He we also really does not like Does did anyone you see like Rudy Gobert in the balls? league, by the way? Is anyone like, clearly I, there's something I about think Gobert. That whole COVID thing. Really- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Really? <laughs> I, and, think, and, I think that's going to linger. And, 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 and I'm not, yeah. and I'm, and I'm not like joking when I say this. Like I really feel like the whole incident where guys were – you know, because there's some look. This league, we we talk about this league. We 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 all like the petty beefs and all that. But there's truly a brotherhood in the NBA. And when a guy does something, it feels like Rudy's not a part of it. I was gonna say, it, it feels that, like Rudy is when, not in that group. It, it, it felt like he wasn't a part of it. But then when he did the whole COVID thing, and then you had the players' union that was trying to take things seriously. I think Rudy did something like after COVID. Yeah. Or so, or after after it was post bubble or something, but it's like Donovan Mitchell, one of the more respected young players in the league, who who has a lot of vets on his side. He kind of crossed Donovan the wrong way, so they took that personally, and I feel like that's kind of carried over. And then Rudy's, you know, whole thing in Utah, it's like everybody's saying through the glass house, my guy. Like it's and Rudy gives this thing off like he doesn't care that it affects him but clearly there's some insecurities there that everybody sees and he hates the fact that nobody likes him and he operates Under, like that's that. relatable that's if, if if no one likes you at work that's a relatable and you have to sort of grind through it because the money's yeah good. well that's that's i could find that and 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 and, the, and i feel like that trade really messed up the money for a lot of guys and they kind of feel a way about it. So there's, it's it's like Rudy, their receipts are there, bud. Receipts are there. Yeah, I um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But hey, Draymond forever. Uh, Bobby Silverman, what can the good folks check out from you over the Daily Beast this week? I don't have anything this week. I got a f- quite a few stories that I'm working on. Uh, and uh, I'll post it on I don't know, maybe Twitter. Maybe blue sky, maybe somewhere. I'll send it into the ether. Yeah. I miss our shared internet experience. It's not fun being on Twitter at all. No. With all the, well, with all the brown shirts and everything. So uh, <laughs> anyway, in any case, uh, nothing this week. Couple, a, a bunch of longer stories that are in the works. So stay tuned, true believers. There you go. Andrew Hammond, what about you and the wonderful team over at AL.com? It's Iron Bowl week. That's all I have to say. Not yet. Yeah, almost. same here. Well, for close me, it's Iron enough. Bowl week. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's Iron like Bowl it's... week for me, too. <laughs> Bobby's been waiting for Iron Bowl week. He's, he's all if about by it. Iron Bowl you mean watch a marathon of Forged in Fire over the Thanksgiving break, yes, then that's... that's that is the most West Virginia, like, thing ever. What Forged in Fire is a great show. Never saw it. It is... A, it's... Okay, yeah, it's never take it. take the show chopped, mm. but now it's about forging blades, and you make knives and blades, and you weld and you and you hammer out. Bobby Silverman, forged, Andrew Hammond, you know. always a pleasure, and I'll talk to y'all next week.
All right, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Preds Power Hour here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Also here on the 4Check Zone, Brian Bastin over there in Nashville, Tennessee. Brian, good evening. Or, wow, good evening. Good morning, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm out doing this and getting ready to head out to Bridgestone for... Uh, to see Connor Bedard come back to, to Bridgestone since first time last summer. So I'm excited for that. And uh, go, go balls, by the way. Said, oh, absolutely go balls, because I will be inside Neyland, uh momentarily here on a very fine Saturday here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Also here, um, noted Tennessee homer, Jeff Middleton of Goodness Everywhere, Flames Nation on the forecheck, Nashville soccer, Miami Red Hawks, the hockey news. The man just, he, he's gobbling up the opportunities and we love to see it. Jeff Middleton, good morning. How are you? Well, very good. Yeah, I'm going to be headed to Bridgestone here soon in a little bit. Uh, not in, in, a, in a less official capacity than Brian will be, but yeah, I'm excited to go see Connor Bedard. It's going to be a good time. You're all in on the Connor Bedard experience. That's what's happening here. You. Yeah. You uh you want to see him up close and in person, but there you go. So the good folks over here making uh making the trip over to uh, Bridgestone to see how that unfolds this afternoon. But we first have to talk about what happened over the last week. Brian Bastin, what happened over the last week? I mean, Nashville blows a two zero lead uh, for the third time this season and a home loss to the Ducks. Um, it was actually their third two and zero blown lead in the last four games. Calgary was one and then uh arizona before why is the or why are the predators getting out to good starts and then really really just falling apart uh, as the game goes on uh yeah i mean aside from the, the obvious talking point with uc Saros, which we'll get to here a little bit later um i think what's happening i think is we're seeing a lot of that inexperience and in youth kind of show through obviously nashville hasn't quite been able to put together a complete game in quite some time um really they've again three out of the last four games they've blown those 2-0 leads and it's not it's not great and you'll see them come out there and you'll see these these goals usually scored by some combination of ryan o'reilly or philip forsberg and then um somebody like uh luke evangelista key for sure would um you know those types of, of guys are scoring and then they're just kind of falling apart and you can see that the system works you know they, they try to work a lot with those stretch passes they try to create a lot of opportunities with the rush and in transition but as the games go on especially over the last week and a half or so you're seeing uh, nashville really being unable to adjust and the opponents are able to do that they're able to um especially like calgary i believe and and uh anaheim they were able to start you know standing up the predators at the blue line as they're trying to make zone entries and they're struggling to get anything going i mean they're, they've kind of abandoned the dump and chase which i do appreciate but um, you know, they're really struggling to get set up um, as those games get, get on. And so, you know, they come, they get out there with that, that, you know, one or two goal lead, but they're not able to keep up that pace and keep up the defense. And then obviously there's the issues um, in goaltending, but, you know, they're not, they're not converting on special teams like they should. Um, they are really struggling pretty much at all aspects of the game. But I think it's just a matter of, you know, you see the flashes of, of brilliance, you see the, uh, you know, visions of what the future could bring with some of these these combinations, but they're just not able to put together a full 60. And honestly, the only players I've really seen that have been able to really consistently put up those, those type of like full game efforts have been guys like Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but other than that, they're just really not able to keep up and adjust. Um, they're still learning the new system and it's, it's starting to show. Is it more of a personnel thing or is it more of a players that they just have right now? Or is it a, like a young player thing? Where, uh, where I do you think it lies. I think it's a combination of, of all that. I mean, you know, the, the roster is what the roster is. It's not it's not a playoff caliber championship caliber roster. Everybody knows that um, you know, they've been dealing with certain, you know, some injuries. Ryan McDonough, um, Luke Shen, which we can't really factor him into this just for the fact that he's only played what one or two games this season. Um, but to, now, uh, Jeff's. Uh, chagrin <laughs> right and uh of course you know tom losing tommy novak for four to six weeks is, is rough as well and so it's just a matter of you know there are there are bursts of 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 talent there you'll see you know when this offense it, you know you'll see visions of how this offense is supposed to work the passes that are being made um but it, i think it's just a combination of maybe you know the inexperience of some of these younger guys um you know they're not able to keep up with you know the type of veteran you know 
presence, I guess, you see out of Forsberg O'Reilly and and that line. So I mean, it's 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 kind of hard to say, but I mean, you know, it is a roster issue. It is a youth issue. It's kind of a all of the above issue right now. And uh, these are growing pains. This is a rebuild. People wanted the rebuild, and this is this is what it looks like. Jeff. Philip Forsberg, though, even with the rebuild, very much in full force here, uh, right out of the gate. Uh, since November, he's a big turkey guy. I didn't know Philip Forsberg was a big turkey guy and big Thanksgiving guy until uh, the calendar turned in November because uh, he's playing great hockey uh, in his last six games played. Six goals, ten points. Um, has Forsberg turned the corner? Is he back uh, to be an elite uh, player on this team? I would say... I mean, I would say yes, just because we've seen kind of over this, you know, first couple months of the year that he's been, you know, he has been an elite player, but he just hasn't been getting the the goals, you know, in the score sheet that would suggest he is. Um, you know, if you watch, if you watched any game this year, you can see he's, you know, been really making smart decisions with the puck. He's been, uh, you know, getting into the zone, like Brian said, that they've, you know, they've adjusted their system to where he's, you know, he's getting into the zone with the puck more now. He just, he looks like he's in control of the game when he's on the ice. And now that the, you know, the expected goals are turning into actual goals, you know, he had a streak of where he was, you know, he's far and away the leader on the team in expected goals because he was taking so many shots from high danger areas and he was getting to the middle of the ice. Like, I think that now, you know, I would say, you know, it's the likelihood that he stopped scoring goals is low considering the kind of, you know, things he's doing on the ice to create those chances that he's getting. Um, so I think the, you know, the, what we've seen now is a, is a product of, you know, an Andrew Burnett system that relies on as like Philip Forsberg to get, you know, into the high, those high danger areas and, you know, create chances for themselves and for his teammates. And, and, you know, we're seeing him, rack up the the uh the points because of that so yeah i i'd say that as of now philip forsberg uh, looks to be back but you know hockey's a weird game but i think you know the 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 baseline that he set throughout the first couple months of this season have have set a, a, a good precedent for you know the future yeah and i think look i it seems like he and brian you can correct me if i'm wrong is he the early biggest winner from the andrew burnett hire where he's uh this maybe this system uh benefits him more than we may have anticipated before the year um i mean this is kind of how philip forsberg kind of kind of does it i mean really he kind of he's not the most consistent he's not going to score you you know he's not going to give you a goal per game every month of the year. Obviously we've heard, you know, historically there's February where he usually goes off, but February hasn't really been a thing for three or four years now. It feels like, um, but I mean, we know what Philip Forsberg can do. It's a matter of, mm -hmm. can he stay healthy and can he string it together throughout a season? So, I mean, I think he has benefited quite a bit. Um, I think the, I think maybe the bigger benefactor from the Andrew Burnett hire would, would be Ryan O'Reilly, but um, just for the fact that he's, playing like he's a much younger man again which is which is kind of crazy to look at but Forsberg's right up there and you can see it I mean I think in the Calgary loss right before they gave up um, one of their goals he had like a 50 second shift uh, for Philip Forsberg he won three puck battles stole the puck twice had two shots on goal um, had a had a primary assist like on a, on a shot that was pretty it was a high danger shot I mean he skated probably about 600 feet in that 50 seconds doing literally everything and blocked the blocked a goal a basically surefire goal later on in that series. So it was unfortunate that he got off the ice and they immediately scored once he got off the ice. But I mean, it's the effort that he's putting in, even on those plays where he's not scoring uh, defensively. It's, it's been great to watch his 200 foot game and he's just, he's out there. I mean, he's not, he's not the type of guy you would want to see out there banging on the boards all the time or, or blocking shots right in the middle of the crease, but he's doing it and uh, he's laying on the line. So it's, it's been really impressive to watch. So, you know, even if he's not scoring goals, or, you know, now that he is, I think that there's so much about his game to like right now, um, you know, that doesn't even involve the score sheet. All right, Brian. I wish, like, if I had a soundboard ready to go here, I would play uh, probably the Titanic theme song <laughs> is probably where I would go uh, with this point of the conversation. Jeff knows exactly where I'm going with this point in the conversation. Your guy, you see Saros. It's not good right now, Brian. What's going on uh, with UC Saros? And is is it over? Is it Jover? 
Brian Baston in terms of what's going on with UC Soros. I'm not. My fantasy team's suffering, Brian. <laughs> help, 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 Brian. That My seems fantasy. like a GM problem. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, fantasy, say, hey, I'm four and one. It's just UC Soros is the problem right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm in first place with mine with Soros. So, well, yeah, seems hey, like I a am, you problem. I am too. I am too. I am too. Don't worry. <laughs> but, I'm not too worried yet about UC Soros yet. I'm getting closer and, and getting uncomfortably close. Um, obviously, you know, historically, UC Soros has been a little bit of a slow starter. We've kind of seen these types of runs the beginning of seasons before. Uh, last season, he kind of bucked that trend where he, I think, only about three or four games where he kind of struggled and then found his uh, his groove. But in years past, it's taken you know 10 to 15 games for UC Soros to really kind of round into form. Uh, currently, he's sitting at... Um, what does he got here? Uh, 89.2% save percentage, which is not great. Um, 3.23 goals against average, which would be the highest of his career so far and hasn't really won a game since October 28th. I mean, he's he's given up every, three or more goals in every game he started in November and hasn't won uh, a single one of those starts. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things going into that. Um, obviously, like the lack of offense, the second period, third period, you know, kind of collapses by the offense and defense hasn't really helped. But, you know, he's not UC Soros has, has struggled and it is something that is definitely something to be concerned about. Um, I think that if we see this type of us, if we see this type of, of performance for the next over the next three or four starts for UC Soros, I legitimately start to get worried. But given his history, I think he's going to be OK. I think a couple of things that I've noticed this season that seemed just a little bit different, a little bit off. Um, one of the things when he when he started his career uh, backing up Pecorine was um, he was really susceptible to giving up a ton of rebounds. And that was something that Pecorino was actually very good at. I think in one, in one season, Pecorino finished at the top of the league and, and um, you know, not giving up as giving up rebounds on, on saves. And Soros was very near the bottom. And as the last couple of years have gone, as he's become the full-time starter, we've seen that, that number, uh, really, really diminished. He's gotten much better with rebound control, but this season we're seeing a lot more of that again where he's giving up second and third chances because he's not making those clean saves. And um, I think once he gets back into form with that, I think that's going to also help. I think the defense in front of him, once they start to gel a little bit, I think it'll help, but it's it's rough. He's sitting at about three and a half goals, um, a save below average, which you know last season I think he ended something ridiculous like uh what like 80 or something or 26 or something like that and and really it was really impressive to see but this you know we're not seeing it i mean last year last season he was the best goaltender in the nhl um on the pk on the penalty kill and now he's among one of the very worst i think bottom three right now um at, at shorthanded and so one is they've been giving a lot of chances on the penalty kill but you know I'm starting to get a little worried, but it's not going to be, I think, I think legitimate until maybe we see three, four more starts where, you know, if he's giving up three or more goals, um, you know, you're seeing kind of those, those rebounds really leaking out. Then I really want to think about it, but I think you know, one of the things that Nashville can do to help this is to stop playing him so much. I mean, he has played in thir- he's played 13 games. Uh, he got pulled in one of those, but I mean, that's, a uh, one-off of um, the lead, uh, Jonas Johansson in Tampa Bay actually has 14 games, uh, but that's it. You know, UC Soros 13 games. Then, then they're really riding him. And Kevin Lankinen has been pretty good. I mean, was two starts. I think he's sitting at um, two goals allowed and about six go- expected goals against. So he hasn't had a lot of, of time and ex- time to play. But I think you've got a guy like him. You've got a guy like Lankinen where you brought him back uh, on another one-year deal after he basically overperformed expectations coming in last season so give him some time to to go um Askarov I think is back and ready in, in Milwaukee to start playing again um I think he was out for just some type of unspecified injury for a couple of games uh but you know you've got that option in Milwaukee um I don't think you want to continue to brute force UC Saros into this lineup it's <laughs> I want to just you know tell Andrew Burnett like this season ain't that serious like give the man some rest uh, you know uh, I think that will help a little bit. Um, I know UC Saros, if you asked him, he would say the complete opposite. He would say, keep putting me in games and I'm going to start playing better. But, you know, you got to give the guy a little bit of a break. He's played 13 games there. They've played in 15, um, you know, at this pace that puts him at what, like maybe 10, playing 80 games or not 80 games, 75, 74 games, which is not what you want, uh, obviously. So I think they give him a rest a little bit. They give him some starts 
you know, against a, um, against some quality teams, some not quality teams, give them some confidence boost. But I think UC Saros will will round back into form. But we'll revisit this here in about a week, week and a half. There you go. Final thing here. We got Connor Bedard coming to Bridgestone with the Blackhawks today. Uh, five goals, two assists in his last five games. Chicago, another team rebuilding. So this is the battle of the rebuilds. Uh, 30th uh, in the NHL, Nashville 31st right now. So maybe not with the wins. It's exciting, but in terms of having Connor Bedard and two rebuilding teams and seeing what can happen. Uh, no Tommy Novak, uh, like Brian alluded to, for four to six weeks. Uh, Jeff, what are you most excited about uh, when it comes to seeing Connor Bedard uh, this afternoon? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of all right there, right? I mean, you have a guy, a, a kid who is younger than I am, which is crazy. Oh, it gets um, worse, Jeff. You're in the early stages me, of this. Making me feel old. And, uh, Brian yeah, and I, I mean, can attest where Brian, like, we listen to broadcasts and like, we don't know how this old, old man is able to play <laughs> functional hockey, play functional basketball <laughs> at the ripe old age of 32. And you're like, oh, my God. I, went, I had I had classes with somebody at UT who now has a kid who's playing college college football right now. So oh, that's tough. Oof. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, it's, You're in the early I, stages, Jeff. Just wait. <laughs> I think yeah, I think Bedard is is uh, I want to say two weeks older than my younger brother, which is crazy, because <laughs> um, that's that's just weird. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Connor Bedard is 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 Connor Bedard. He's he's this you know generational talent that. You know, kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start in terms of the goal scoring, but has really picked it up lately. So, you know, I think that the likelihood that we see something today from him is is high, um, especially considering what young players and, and rookies love to do against the Predators. Um, but I think also, you know, the Blackhawks are a team of, of, you know, fun young guys. I think that, you know, wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you see Nick Felino and Corey Perry in some sort of way, whether that's physically or on the scoreboard. I know that Nick Felino and Bedard have, you know, a, a, a good connection on their line. Um, but, you know, there's those are really the the veterans of the group, whereas, you know, you'll see, uh, I mean, Philip Kurashev's a, a, a good player. He plays, He's been playing with Bedard recently. Um, he was could have been a Preds draft pick, which is very funny. The pick that was selected, or the pick that the Blackhawks used, was uh, sent Ryan away. Hartman. Ryan Hartman trade, yeah. Um, fun little tidbit there. Uh, but I think also, you know, Kevin Korchinski is the the name on the back end. Um, I think Alex Vlasic has also done a really good job. But you know, Korchinski's a guy that, I mean, he's an offensive defenseman. He's a big kind of lanky kid who can really really skate. Um, you know, him and him and Bedard were you know, just unbelievable in the, in the preseason prospect tournaments, they just looked better than, you know, almost everybody that they played against. Um, I think he's going to be a really fun one to watch. He had an assist last game, I believe. Um, yeah, just a really, I mean, really solid defenseman. And when he was drafted, you know, he, a lot of people were kind of like, really, he's going, you know, this early, like he was the first, he was a late for, or I guess middle first rounder, but, um, you know, some people had him, had him going a little later, um, or at least, uh, you know, behind some defensemen that were still left on the board. But, I mean, he's been really good um, for the Blackhawks since coming into the NHL. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that – I think the Hawks are, you know, just – they're a fun – they're not, you know, they're not going to be, like, the most threatening team that the Reds are going to see all year. And, and Connor Bedard is is really going to, you know, kind of make up for a lot of the the missteps – missteps, like, there's a better term for that, but missteps in the uh, – uh, Blackhawks lineup. I, I think, you know, Lucas Reichel has been a guy who's taken kind of a next step. He's another young guy on that roster. That's, you know, look out because he's such a skilled player. I think with the puck, he's probably one of the most, you know, skilled players in that entire lineup. He, he's so good at, you know, his patience is really good. And, and he's been playing with Taylor Hall. I was going to say, been, we haven't even mentioned Taylor Hall's name. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, I mean, there there's, they have some guys that I think, you know, they, they're, they're interesting. You know, Seth Jones is another guy. Um, Wyatt Kaiser's look good. I think that, you know, it's just been, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's different names kind of shoved into one roster and they're still bad, but they're, you know, who cares? They're going to be, 
there's going to be individuals to watch no matter who's no matter which lines on the ice so i think that that's that's an exciting thing to watch out for you know people are going to be focused on Connor bedard but there's you know there's definitely other guys to focus on on that roster it's crazy to me to look at some of these names on their on their lineup and be like oh yeah they play in chicago now again like i remember very clearly when taylor hall went to chicago and i'm just now this morning i'm like oh that's right which Chase, <laughs> if you if you ever get the chance do yourself a favor and look up uh why you know uh why taylor hall you know and uh why he can't get his boating license or mm. uh just because that's that was a joke god what now like seven eight years ago now jeff mm-hmm. something like that yeah it's been a while <laughs> him failing his boating exam like spongebob um it's wow. it, yeah and it's just it's really funny i mean it's just one of those things that have i don't even know if he ever got got the license or not but you know that's why he won't be joining you at neyland he won't be doing the old mm-hmm. vault maybe um because he can't just can't pass that exam with miss puff you know mm-hmm. uh but you know guys like ryan donato you know mckenzie Entwistle, which is you know oh yeah they play for chicago um we also have maybe one of i don't know maybe top three worst contracts right now in the nhl and seth jones yeah uh, which, who's been know, better i will say he's this is probably the best he's looked in his nhl career like just straight up because i mean you know me brian it's been i was a i was a seth jones hater not i mean, well not a hater just more like a he's not as good as a lot of people say he is kind of guy because you know me he and wasn't my, yeah he wasn't it was me and me and the numbers against everybody on the internet and uh you know, NHL Network putting him as like a top five defenseman in the league and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, people were like, oh, he's or like, I guess he was probably top 10. And then people were like, oh, he's top five. And then it was like, no, because he's not this good. But I will say he's looked he's looked very good this year. And I think last year, too, was a really good. Uh, he, he's looked solid uh, last year as well. Uh, I mean, he yeah, I guess relatively because he played very badly i think the last couple of years um that contract is just ridiculous um right now, oh yeah no i'm not justifying the contract i'm just saying he's been better <laughs> on chicago he's fifth in goals above replacement uh number one is nick felino then alex vlasic then Corey perry uh, yeah. and then Connor bedard which is very odd to see but you know it's early on in the season but it's they've got a lot of stuff i mean did you know that uh both jared tenorti and um uh, you know, a guy who I hyped up like like I did with Tommy Novak um, and, and Colin Blackwell. Both those guys, I think, are going to be scratches with injuries. But Colin Blackwell is a guy that asked the New York folks. They, they, Colin they Blackwell's awesome. Yeah, Colin Blackwell rules, and I, I hate that he's he's not there. Jared Tenorti, I'm a little bit less upset that he's no longer <laughs> in Nashville. Um, but, you know, there's there's it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, if you look at the bottom three lines, I think, for Nashville – I mean, I think except for Colton Sissons, like those three lines are Milwaukee Admiral lines. I mean, they really are. I mean, these are guys that, I mean, just have, have you know, they've played together, just not in Nashville as much. I mean, Kiefer Sherwood, Cody Glass, Luke Evangelista. I mean, Jakob Trenin, Yusuf Parson, and Colton Sissons. Obviously, Sissons the odd man out there. And then Thomasino, McCarron, Cole Smith. Uh, you know, we don't know if Ryan McDonough is going to be back. I don't think so. And I think that the, the thought right now is that Kevin Lankinen is going to get the start against his old team. So I don't know. I'm excited. Nashville has to do something. This is a Saturday game. First game of the, of the, of the day out of 13 games for, in the NHL. And it's hockey fight, can, uh, hockey fights, cancer night slash day, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is, there's no better opportunity to get a win and make a statement that, you know, stop this losing skid, you know, win at home in front of your fans who you know have had a little bit of a rough time this season and hopefully they fill the arena a little bit better than they did it again uh, if not there's going to be a lot of Hawks it's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of red so it's going to be interesting there's a lot of talent young talent so if you're a neutral fan it's going to be really exciting to see but i think nashville really really needs this this win today uh pretty desperately and you know it's it's not you can't come uh, you know it's uh you can't ask for a better opponent than the one that's ranked 30th in the league except for you know chicago who's facing the 31st team so there you go brian bastin what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at on the this week just lots of hockey i'll be i'll be there for uh on monday and wednesday to cover those games we're gonna hopefully see nashville uh get back into action uh, i will say like i said early on in the season andrew burnett Hockey is awesome. It's really fun. Love to watch it, even when they're losing. Um, let's hope that stays that way. <laughs> but they've got they've got three three big games, and you know after this it doesn't get any easier. It's it's Colorado and then and then Calgary, Jeff's favorite team. And so 
we're gonna we're gonna have to see but i'm, I'm excited to, to get in there and do that coverage there you go jeff what about you all across the internet this week yeah, lots of flame stuff and uh, some college hockey stuff probably next week. Uh, not a ton of Yankee stuff happening just because, you know, things it's still early in the offseason and then soccer is early as well. Um, but yeah, college hockey um, and uh, the flames just just all kind of just focused on that for this upcoming week with Thanksgiving coming up. There you go. Speaking of Thanksgiving, speaking of Thanksgiving, Chase, really quick before we go, how about them Cowboys? Hey, they look good. They look great. They look good. It's week to week with the Cowboys. They, whatever. Dak, Dak, this is this is Dak, <laughs> this is going to be Dak's year. Just wait. I mean, I'm okay with it. I like Dak. I'm just saying it's week to week with the Cowboys. It's mm. week to week. One week you might lose to the Cardinals. One week you might beat the crap out hey, of. Yeah, they didn't lose to the Cardinals. They lost to the Magic Man himself, Mr. Aerospace Engineer Josh Dobbs. That is true. That is true. How, that is how true, are you Brian. supposed to? How are you supposed to? Which again, happy anniversary of the the, the Dobnail boot to you, Chase. I mean, that is uh, it. What? Well, it's not the anniversary technically, but yes, because you know I mean. we used to play Georgia uh, significantly there. Um, but yes, it is. I hope something uh, if I'm in the building for something like that today. Goodness gracious. May the may the spirit of Juwan Jennings bless you. The voice day. will be gone, folks. Uh, oh, pods are canceled yeah. for the whole week. Uh, the <laughs> just uh, I don't even know if I'm alive. If Tennessee wins this game. Um because I will be uh, cause of death uh, got in Georgia fans face uh, too many times following this game. So that, mm -hmm. uh, that might be it. So we'll see how it goes. Brian, Jeff, thank you as always. I'll talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market